0: This is The Extra Mile. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Extra Mile. I'm Justin. I'm always here with my co-host, the G5. Hi, George. How are you? I'm doing good, man. We're always here with Caleb Stewart. Hey, Caleb. How are you? Good. Say it a little louder, Caleb. You're not mic'd up. Good. Okay, thank you.
1: Great. How are you? We appreciate that. And, of course, our attention is on... Jenny Rieger here. She's we've had her on before to tell her story. It was an amazing story. Yes, it was an amazing episode. I've heard tons and tons and tons of comments and likes Mm. and how many good things I've heard about it. So welcome back. Thank (laughs) you.
2: Thank you guys.
1: Yep. We just wanted to catch up. I know you were starting off and you were talking about Heritage House and you know how God called you to this ministry and helping other women, and uh, we wanted to catch up and see where we at on that. How can people help? What's your mission? What's your future? Um, and, of course, we're getting close to Mother's Day, where Heritage House broadly deals with mothers. And who? what better to talk about than than moms and what they mean to us and how important they are to not just kids but society too as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. So how has how's things been?
2: Oh, they've been good. We've learned good. a lot. I think I was here in August, so it's been maybe eight or nine months or so. And, um, really we've just been under construction, which has not been uh, my favorite part of the journey, but it's also been a test of patience and, um, you know, we're ready to get going and, but the Lord just has so much for us to learn right now. And so I think we're just in a season of learning and patience and, um just kind of overcoming obstacles right now and so i'm th- i'm thankful for this time i'm thankful for his timing and his provision um you know his way is always better than what we have in our heads anyway so yeah for real um so yeah um we're ready to wrap up construction we still have a few more months um we're aiming for the end of summer to be able to open during this time we've we've been able to walk with a few ladies who have um, you know, struggled with homelessness and um, who've also been pregnant and um, just seen some of the real things that we're going to be dealing with um, at least one kind of genre of, of women that we'll be dealing with. and so um, you know they've become our friends they've become our our uh, people that we pray for and that we walk alongside. and so um, again, I just I'm, I'm thankful for the Lord's provision in his timing because he's showing us things, that we wouldn't have been able to have seen I think in a different season if we had already been open so we've had to think creatively how are we going to find housing for these ladies Mm. really like find resources in our city that we didn't even know existed um to help these ladies so it's been it's been cool
1: okay that's a lot that's a a a big (laughs) yeah that's something really hard to handle, but also, hey, I got to find these resources. Yeah, go out and Mm -hmm. seek these things. Have
2: you had much luck with that yet? We have. I mean, some of these cases have been really like, uh, specifically, you know, there was a night when we got a phone call and it was like, if we don't find housing for this person tonight, this woman who's five months pregnant is going to be on the streets or in this, in a really bad situation. And so, I mean I went to where she was living. She was living on a mattress in a corner of of a house that was less than uh you know ideal. And uh we got her into a hotel and uh you know ended up uh partnering with Family Promise. Uh, so that's a resource here in town and they have housing for a family and so anyway, we got her in there and uh, anyway, there there's more details to that story that I'm leaving out intentionally, but But yeah, so we did have luck, uh, but I will say my eyes were opened to some gaps that were in the city because, I mean, people will end up on the streets or things like that where you're thinking, oh, this is urgent. This isn't like, you know, something to to be hasty with our time. So,
1: Yeah, no, it's not. Um, You said hasty with your time, which is really good because one of my favorite quotes is you know, don't be too hasty, Yeah, which is uh, from Lord of the Rings. And, <laughs> <laughs> but that gives you some time to like, hey, I need to now stop and think, how can I best help this person, which is really good. And we had a, you know, a missionary, a, a preacher who, who deals with the homeless on a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the things that they go through and the things that they struggle with and how important it is for them to have good grounded relationships mm-hmm. when they're just starting off and trying to get the help that they need.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at at some of these women you know, some of the disadvantages that they face are just they don't have a support system. And so that's one of the things that that we are key on offering at Heritage House is a support system. We've got a ton of great volunteers who what we're calling our advocacy team or our residents advocacy teams that will help them just with transportation it will help them with their life plan. Maybe that's getting their GED or watching their their newborn baby or, um, you know, getting them to an appointment or whatever it is. And so these advocacy advocacy teams are really important in uh, kind of building that support system. So,
0: good, good. Um, So that seems like a great work because it is. I mean, obviously those immediate needs can be filled: hotel Mm -hmm. rooms, you know, get them housed, get them clothed, get them fed. And then, it. I mean, it really does. Is that it? That hey, we did it, we solved it, guys. High fives, you know. (laughs) But then from there, the the work is re reengaging them into a community and the communities and so being able to support them that i think that's just fantastic
2: well thank you one of the things george and i were talking about before we started recording is just passing down a heritage to your children and which i think is so important for every mom and no matter what your background or or uh you know what trials you face but just passing down a heritage um especially whenever you're what we don't want is for these ladies to think that we have it all together and we're perfect. And, um, you know, we want them to know we fail too. And, uh, really the path that you take after you fail or after you succeed or during the trials, really your children are watching that and they're, they're watching you figure out some of these things. And so, Um, what you pass down to them is so has to sometimes be important than than your needs or wants at the time and so and we just want to we want to be a support system for these ladies but also have them walk with us and walk with them and none of us are perfect none of us have it all together we're not nobody has all the answers of how to be a perfect mom or how to be a perfect uh, person but i think the path that you take um will indicate your character and your integrity and, and how you persevere through trials. So um that's something we wanna, you know, just show to them, model to them, and not just our children, but also the ladies at Heritage House. So
1: That's really nice. Um because I was looking up um some, you know, scriptures on moms and things like that. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, it's whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> and um I was like, you know, what is the definition of mom that these you know, the Bible writers are, are referring to, you know, when you they mention mom, for example, in Exodus twenty, we hear the classic verse, honor your mother and father. In Hebrew it's really interesting, that word mother means it's the bond of the family. The bond of the family. Wow. You think about that, it's like oh, that is so true. You know, the the father there means ruler and like, you know, overseer and things like that and protector. As you usually see in throughout history and things like that. But, you know, that's you need that bond mm-hmm. and the connector of the family. You go to the Greek, and once they've transferred from the Hebrew to the Greek, and the Greek means the source. And so the mom's not just the, the bond but the source of the family as well, you know, building on the family. The and, glue. Yeah, really the yeah. glue
0: that, that sticks things together. You know, have you, it reminds me of an old Yakov Smirnoff bit. You ever heard of that comedian? No, um, it me. predates all of us, but I've seen him live a long time ago when I was a kid and he has a bit where he says that, you know, man is, is the head of the family, but then woman is the, neck, the neck of neck, the yeah. family and <laughs> she turns the head any way that she wants. I just think of big fat Greek wedding. But there's, uh, when
1: they, you know, mothers are so important to the family especially as, as children are watching and growing, like you're saying, they're looking and they're observing and they see what's going on, probably more so than we like to admit or, or realize. And it's an honest interpretation and they're going to expect honesty from you. And so okay. often we want to kind of sugarcoat things, sugarcoat the things that they see, just kind of gloss over that and think, no, that's it's fine, but I, I think... It starts really by being honest, too. And if oh, we're absolutely. passing down something to our children, we're passing down honesty. I'm going to take responsibility here. You know, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. So when they do grow up and they realize that we're not perfect, it's not as big of a blow to them, it, it seems like. I don't know. That bubble will burst. That Yeah, it will. It well, will.
2: and I think they miss, if you don't teach your kids honestly what you're going through, you know, and some, some things do need to be sheltered or, you know, kind of – uh, discerned on what you share and how you share it and what age you share it. But uh, if if we don't share that honesty, I think we miss out on sharing the redemption and the repentance. I mean, that literal process, uh, really a lot of people miss out on because we're also afraid or we all want this shell of perfection to guard us. And uh, and really the the fruit comes from after we repent. Again, back to that path that we take after we fail. Because you will. Everybody will. It doesn't matter who you are or how strong you are. You will fail. And where where are you going to go after that? Who are you going to turn to? And what does that process even look like with repentance and redemption? And so, um, I don't know. I think that's just a part of the heritage that you pass down is when life gets hard, where are you going to go? What are you going to do?
0: I think that's well said, because it doesn't matter if it's your parents who show you that or a friend, a family friend. Everybody has... Everybody has their story where they had like a role model or a mentor, but then it's almost like if you can zoom out and you say, that's really what the Bible is showing us. The Bible is showing us that there is repentance and there is life after our death, but then there's life in Christ and that the way of the world pulls us into despair and loneliness and separation and hopelessness and... If it's your parents, then you're very blessed. If it's a friend, then you're very blessed. If it's the Bible, because you read it there, then you are also very blessed. So wherever that source comes from, Mm -hmm. I think that's professing righteousness. That's finding God. I love that. Yeah. Well, you said it. I didn't.
2: (laughs) Well, it was a good way of saying it.
1: It's true. And so this is what you want to try to help. Accomplish at Heritage House in a sense.
2: It's definitely one of the things. I mean, there's definitely, like we talked about, just basic needs. Okay, we need housing, we need food, we need. Um, you know, a plan here of of just basic survival. Um, and then, you know, once you kind of get past that and you get that established, I think you can start working on the deeper things, like the deeper things of the heart, um, because that's where the relationships start to build. And so with a couple of the ladies we've been helping these last few months, um, I mean, I would call them my friend. I would call them somebody yeah. who's dear to me, who I really hope succeeds in this life. And, um, you know, I want to know how they're doing. I want to know how their babies are. I want to know what's going on in their lives. And so it, we get into the the matters of the heart. And it's not just us. You know, you, you always hear people say, you know, like, oh, you've given me so much, but really they give to you in return. Um, you know, whatever that relationship may be. And so for us, I mean, I've just received so much from just being with these ladies. And so I know we're trying to give, but um, it's just been a blessing. And so, um, yeah, so one of the things we're building is not just basic life essentials, but also a heritage that they can build. So kind of just building this life of resiliency or this life of, um, you know, resiliency through life's trials, basically, and then uh, persevering through that, teaching them that, walking along with them through that, and then they will have something to pass down to their children that's actually sustainable. It's not, like you were saying, it's not just like, oh, here's some clothes, here's some food, here's a house, good luck to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we really, we really want to be invested. <laughs> we really want to be invested um, in, in these ladies' lives for the long term. Right, right,
1: for the long term. And they're going to need that, too. Yeah, Uh, as well and man that's so important investing in relationships um, because you know like anything if I'm gonna invest in something you know I'm hoping to get a return out of it but your your selfless love is investing in it you know just maybe this there's growth here maybe maybe not and that's what you're doing you're you're investing in something you hope will grow um, and and in turn be productive
2: yeah, and, and sometimes we're not in, we're not always in control of how those seeds are going to grow. Yeah. You know, it may be—I actually was at a maternity home conference, and, uh, you know, one lady in our prayer group shared that they helped somebody for 12 days, and then they left, <sighs> and it was so hard. And she said, but we showed the love for, of Jesus for 12 days. We planted seeds, and that's all that we were meant to do in that season. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. Um And so I think there is that part of like, well, I want my time and my investment and everything to matter, but we're really not in charge of the outcomes. We're not in charge of what they choose to do. We're just in charge of being obedient to the calling of of Jesus and loving how he loved and planting the seeds, how he's asked us to plant them and whatever outcomes may be. Maybe it's immediate change maybe we see that growth immediately and and you know it's a success story or maybe it's you know showing love for 12 days yeah. and then they go back and you know maybe to an old way of life or old habits cuz really a lot of what we're doing is breaking bad habits we're breaking cycles and that's hard it's painful yeah. and it's uncomfortable no matter who you are or what what your cycle is uh you know breaking bad cycles and bad habits and bad thought patterns takes strength perseverance resiliency community community yeah. oh yeah. my goodness yes um so anyway i think i think the only shot we all have is walking alongside each other i think if we try to tackle it alone um you know that's not really the the way that we were meant to to walk this life
1: absolutely right i had mentioned in my sermon the other day um you yeah, know i think sometimes we're bummed because we um when well, we read james chapter one and um yeah, it says, uh, you know, you've heard of this. James Church one, verse twenty-seven. Pure and undefiled religion before um, God the Father is this to um, help widows and orphans in their affliction, and mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes I think we're bummed because we'll look at Jesus as our example, and we will I wish I had miraculous powers to heal people and uh, save them from their sins. Um, but you know, sometimes I had mentioned this is that. You know, loving others in the name of Jesus does some pretty miraculous things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and sometimes they just need someone, you know, to listen to them, um, be there for them, invest in them. Um, not to be, you know, be slow to speak and slow to anger and be quick to hear what they're going through and the problems. And I think every case you bring in probably has a lot of layers to it. Right, probably has some sort of you know bad habits you were talking about you know um, whatever it is hurt in the past trauma um, addiction all these things are layered and now you gotta you gotta unlayer all these and you're dealing with with a human and um, we're all flawed but if, if we're loving in the name of Jesus we're showing them a perfect example which is Jesus and it really helps. Moving forward in the future, because now, now there's a foundation. Now there's something solid that we can stand on. But well, we do mess mm-hmm. up, because that's what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to mess up. We're going to fail. We have to be an honest, you know, example. And uh, but we also need a foundation to stand on. That's Jesus. Yeah.
2: I love that. I also feel like prayer is so important. One of the things we talked about, I think it's something that we take for granted. You know, you're talking about healing powers and things like that. And so I really believe that we've been we have the tools that we've been given in the Bible. These are the things that we know and how oftentimes do we utilize them and really um You know, my faith, my faith has grown these last few months. Just watching people pray for me, or pray for Heritage House, or pray for these ladies, and actually seeing results from that. And, um, you know, how often do we take this tool to be able to talk to the Father, who does have the healing power? You know, Mm -hmm. to be able to make all things new and all things good again. Um, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, I think there's a lot of healing power in just prayer. Um, but yeah, also love showing the, that love. Yeah. So,
1: prayer is definitely um, man, we we need it more than uh, than we think, and we don't use it enough than we than we think, and uh, we really need to. You, so, Galatians six really is a interesting one. I'll go ahead and read um, a few verses. It says, brothers and sisters, if a person is discovered. um, is discovered in some sin you who are spiritual restore i like that word restore such a person Mm -hmm. in a spirit of gentleness um, pay close attention to yourselves so that you are not tempted to carry one another's burdens you were talking about not facing this alone and we can think we have this you know we've got this i don't need anyone's help um but no the strongest of us realize, now I need someone's help. God says, I you know, oppose the proud, and I give grace to the humble, to the meek, those that realize, mm. ah, I need someone else, right? So we be- carry one another's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Mm. So we have to examine that and see, you know, hey, I can't do this alone. And um, I love the work that you're doing at Heritage House, because you're really, your goal is, hey, we're going to help bear some of your burdens as well. And, and along those lines, we're going to pray for you, we're going to set you up for success, we're going to create a foundation. Um, That's really helpful.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's definitely a specific calling. It's not anything that I ever, you know, I wasn't dreaming up a maternity home when I was seven. It was a complete intervention. And I think I talked about this last time, but it was just a complete intervention of my life. And I happened to know of the need because of working at the pregnancy center for three and a half years and thinking, oh, somebody should start some housing <laughs> initiative for single pregnant moms. And I'm like, it's not me because I'm not qualified for that. And, uh, you know, about five years later, the Lord's like, yeah, no, it's you. I'm like, oh, okay. So I've never felt such a strong conviction to start something so specific. So that's
1: awesome. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen to that episode. We'll put a link in. But, you know, working with some of the people that having that calling and that conviction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then now moving forward with that. And then now you were telling, you know, just working with some of the people that um, are going through this, some of the people that you're going to be working with in the future, how has that strengthened or impacted your walk in faith?
2: Oh, I mean, so far, I mean, we are just getting started. We're not yeah. even open yet, but so far it's strengthened and impacted my faith a lot. Um, I've definitely felt spiritual attacks like I haven't felt in years and um, the last you know, a few months. And so I know that Satan, I know something's going on because I know that Satan doesn't like what we're doing. And so, um, again, just leaning on other people and um, asking for prayers from people that are precious to us and that we love and that love us. Um, and so I think just strengthening my faith has been strengthened just by the way that God has shown up in our times of desperation that I don't think I would have experienced otherwise if I had taken a different path. Um, you know a lot of it, it are just the paths that we take and um one of those things i mean you want to take the path that's easy sometimes and you want to take the path that's like well this is a sure thing this is an unsure thing and i don't know about this unsure thing but um i think when you feel that strong calling of like this is the right path and i know it and i cannot turn my back on it without turning my back on god and that's something i'm not willing to do um you know i think I think he strengthens your faith in some sort of a spiritual or supernatural way that really just can't be described through any other way than like the perseverance that you learn, the grit, the hardships, the trials that you face. It's only on that path that you're going to learn the things that you need to learn. Um, So I definitely feel like my heart has experienced more pain in the last few months, but it's also grown where I feel like a deeper capacity of being able to love um, other people more than maybe, maybe I had. You know, six months ago or a year ago, and before we started, you know, walking down the heritage house path, so to speak. So
1: I mean, that's that's with so many things in life where yeah. we get to know other people. We step outside our comfort zone, and now, um, and now we're um, having empathy for others. Yes, i like, oh, okay, and it helps us grow. I'm pop that bubble that's been around us for a long time, and now I, I you know, I'm just learning. And that really helps us grow, like you're saying, and then and then God uses what we learn in our experiences, like you were saying earlier, and helps shape us and mold us as long as we are remaining to continue to love Him and love others as as we see Jesus say
2: as well i think I think the empathy aspect is huge um right. and I think it deepens our love for other people because society oftentimes wants to put everybody in this like black and white like Oh, it's so simple to just not choose abortion for your child, uh, you know, and maybe to somebody who has everything going for them, uh, who has a support system, who has a financial means to provide for a child. It seems easy. And then you look at these ladies who are just really walking through it and you're like, wow, this seems insurmountable without, you um, you know having a support system or without having financial means and so that's when where we really want to step in the gaps because we see that brokenness and we're like we we know that abortion is not okay we're not going to but we have to provide other resources and so that's kind of where we wanted to step in and just say we want to be that resource to prevent not just not just to prevent abortion but to also give life give the life that god um, has made for this child for the mom yeah. for for this legacy and this heritage house that will come after them. Um, and, and it just comes from breaking cycles and providing, you know, real resources. And so that's, that's something that we wanted to do. But again, it, it was God's plan. I mean, it was his design perfectly. It was not ours. And so we just, we want to always make sure to give him the glory because I, I don't know, my my mind has been blown with his just how he orchestrates everything
1: there's a level of humility there which mm-hmm. i think we absolutely need when we're moving forward on something especially on a big project
2: yeah
1: um yeah I, I just look at anyone who's honest and just looks at their own life realizes wow I, and looks back there's a lot that i could not have predicted how i got here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man i need to like take a second you know check myself um and realize there's something greater at work here um mm-hmm. you know i all glory to him. You know, um, you were talking about having empathy. One of my favorite empathy passages is Romans 12. I think many of us know this, where it says in verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints, pure hospitality, right? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. There's the idea of loving. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, right? We're We're really reaching out meeting them where they're at, experiencing and listening to what they're saying and and going through, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, right? Mm -hmm. There's that humility and that meekness, but associate with the lowly. Mm -hmm. Um, Really important to do if we're going to connect with people
0: on a deeper spiritual level. It's a really noble pursuit to open doors for people, to be a door opener. Thank you. I mean, it's... what can we do for each other but just open doors for each other and hold it open mm-hmm. and say, you're free to enter here and you're free to walk through. I, we were talking earlier about seeds being planted. It, it's a mantra that we repeat on the the podcast to say, go sow. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a book that George and I have read called Tactics. And one of the chapters is talking about uh, th- this very similar to this person who had 12 days of interaction with this person and then they went their separate way. And to say, I really wish that we could have followed that through more than 12 days. And there seems to be disappointment there. Uh, but any interaction that you can show the light in the darkness and say, mm. hey, for two seconds where you smile at somebody in a car at a stoplight, mm. that could change their day. Yeah, I mean, if, they, if they're off on, the, on this dark path, hey, this person smiled at me. They showed me even just the smallest act of kindness is a seed being sown and then do you have the power to like uh, let it grow and have it regenerate and grow the plant and the book tactics is saying that no that's not my job that's God's oh yeah and so to say I'm sowing the seed and then they go and that that imprint of that act of kindness is there on their heart and on their experience and then let God Water it and let God care for it and let God, mm. hopefully, let it grow. And it's their choice to, to either take that or not. But uh, you, I mean, you articulated that very well in saying that's what we're trying to do. And in the way I've sort of seen it is, let's open the door, and this is a path that you may enter. And it's a it's a means of community. It's a means of finding kindness and love. And it's it's as equal in weight of perhaps is that smile at the stoplight where it's a life-changing moment. This is when the tracks can shift and now they can take it and run with it, with that imprint of, wow, somebody showed me this act of kindness. And uh, that's life-changing and that's, it's such a wonderful pursuit.
2: Well, thank you. I think, I think there's something like you said about, uh, just, you know, s- people I think want to be seen I think they want to be seen I think they want to be loved for who they are and be met where they are at and not that we you know as Christians, want to stay maybe where we're at, but we want to grow, and we want to grow in the fruit and the goodness and um, that Jesus has for us. But I think a lot of these ladies, they have, they've felt passed by, or they've felt, um, you know, especially women that don't have a, a support system. And so, I mean, I, I'm a mom. I have two kids. Um, I'm actually pregnant with our third. I'm 18 weeks right now. And so um, I can't imagine being in this position with no one I mean, I have a husband, I have a home, I have um, a great community. And so I'm not afraid of this pregnancy. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. But if I was in a different circumstance, um, you know, would I be afraid? Yeah, I probably would be a little bit. Um, but, you know, just just letting these le- women know that they're seen, they're loved by us, and they have stable people that are going to walk beside them. They're not going to let, we're not going to let them, you know, uh not have transportation to a doctor's appointment or you know um help we're gonna connect them with financial resources and and build some of that back. Maybe it's working on their GED or working on a college degree, finding a job. We've got people in the hr field that are volunteers that want to help them you know find jobs and so I mean we've got such a great community in Lubbock of we just have a variety of people I mean doulas. Uh, lactation specialists, HR, like I mentioned, um, people that love cooking that want to help cook meals. I mean, we just have so, we're so blessed in Lubbock to have um, the ladies that we do that want to pour in and also men. I mean, we've definitely got some men that um, want to be a part of Heritage House too. Um, so anyway, we're excited about, about just the community. But um, but yeah, I, I can't imagine being a mom and not having um, stability. hmm or being taught the things. I mean, I feel like I've been given an advantage. With I grew up in a stable home. I grew up in a in a Christian home, and so I was taught these things from a young age. But if I wasn't, who would who would I be today? I have no idea. And so we just have to look. It's just not all black and white. And when we when we get to the root of um you know where some of these ladies are coming from and you can see the trauma you can see the neglect you can see the abandonment the abuse the lack of life skills and just you have that empathy naturally because you're like man I was given and then you have gratitude that that you know spurs from that where you're just thankful for um the beginning that you were given and you want to pass that on in any way that you can so
1: um yeah i'm thinking of you know the the women today that are going through some hard times or, you know, they have disadvantages, like you were saying mm-hmm. that, you know, make mistakes. They're stuck in a, a tricky spot and they, um, they have a baby that they're, they're pregnant and they don't know what to do. And they're, they're lost. Um, I think of, you know, the culture and everything tells them, well, they should, they should just terminate and be mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. and get rid of that. And I think of, some Bible examples of, you know, Mary. You know, she was in a p- position similar. Well, she may not have gone through, you know, she had a good staple background. You know, she finds herself pregnant at a young age and and not the time that she wanted. You know, it's not when she was expecting this. And, it, and she's not married at the time. And check all the boxes that our culture says, sh- Let's be done and let's just terminate and you can go about your life. And she saw a greater purpose. Obviously, this is Jesus. I'm not saying all mothers are going to have baby Jesus. I'm sure, <laughs> sure, they all want one, but um, I'm saying a lot of there's pressure. yeah, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but there is life there as well. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of when Mary meets Elizabeth, and it, it says. She exclaimed with a loud voice, as Elizabeth, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child in your womb. Um, There's a child there and a life there that you were saying earlier deserves, you know, to have this legacy, this heritage passed down, this example of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that's doing is it's saying, look at all the things God has done. Mm -hmm. And um, I pushed through this, I went through this. I persevered. I didn't do it alone. And now it's your job to move forward with that. And yeah, yeah we all have a, a story to tell. Um, it goes just a, a long ways when we can go the extra mile.
2: Well, and I think I think speaking of Jesus's birth is it's humorous because I think, especially being a mom, like we want the perfect, you know, crib. We want the perfect, like organic yeah. sheets set for our, for the crib. Like we want everything to be perfect. And, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. Cause I'm 100% OCD with like resources <laughs> for my baby. But, um, but you know, Jesus was born in a stable and he was born in yeah, less than ideal so true. Uh, circumstances. And so, um, you know, I I don't really know where I'm going with that, but just kind of like we, we want to provide things for them that are, you know, you're not going to give birth in a stable. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we just want to want to be able to provide them things that, um, that will help them set them up for success and, and Uh know that they're not alone or even shunned. I mean, Mary was, you know, I'm sure felt alone and shunned and gossiped about and all of those things. And a lot of that, um, that we'll be doing at Heritage House is also just breaking those cycles of shame that society places on women. And, you know, that alone, even if you're, you know, some of these ladies may not be believers. We're not sure. And but let's say they're not, and they, they're in a cycle of shame, regardless, getting out of that is just healthy getting out of the shame and opening the doors, um, to just a healthy lifestyle is going to be, um, I think great for those children and, You know, something that all moms have to conquer, really, you know, breaking the cycles of shame and wondering if you're good enough or wondering if you're doing it right um, with being a mom. And so, yeah.
1: So as a mom and, you know, expecting another baby, is there any wisdom you can give up? Have you learned anything?
2: Oh, man. I don't know. I'm I'm sure I've learned a lot. lot lot. Yeah. I was like, no pressure. Just, you know. uh, (laughs) I have a seven-year-old, I have a four-year-old, and then, you know, this baby that's on the way. And um, I think one of the biggest things that I hope for my children, you know, oftentimes we we define outcomes as like, okay, are they doing well in school? Are they making friends? Are they, you know, on this sports team or whatever? And really, when I look at the hearts of my children, I just want them to know Jesus, and I want them to know Um, I want them to get to heaven. I mean, and yes, all those other things are great. You know, good grades and friends, and you know, playing sports or whatever, whatever your um, activity might be. But um, you know, you want them to succeed in life. But really, ultimately, I just want to impart biblical truth to my children. And we were talking earlier about just being faithful about passing down. No- nothing about the Bible has changed. It hasn't changed. It's consistent. It's the same. Um, and being faithful about passing down this heritage and this legacy of Scripture to them, the love of Scripture, um, and not for, not in a legalistic way, but the love of the heart of the Father is in Scripture. Right. And so um, I just want to make sure to pass that down to my kids, and I hope they have that same love and that same desire that I've come. I, I haven't always loved Scripture, especially in high school when I was— you know, trying to read, you know, the Bible in a year or whatever it was that, yeah. you know, my parents wanted me to do. Um, but but I've really come to love and cling to Scripture because it it contests everything that our flesh wants to do. Right. It is in direct opposition a lot of the time to what we want to do. And your flesh will steer you wrong. Scripture will steer you in the right path every single time. And so I think if I've learned anything, it's just I think the world wants to distract us with sports yeah. and with all these other things. And God's over here saying, nope, they just need me.
1: That's right. I mean, that was, that's the other thing when it comes to pure and undefiled religion before God is not just to visit orphans and widows, but to remain unstained by the world. I mean, that's a, often an overlooked part that we need to make sure we're following Jesus and the example of Jesus, the standard by which we live, Being free from sin, that perfect law. If we're going to, you know, be people who practice what we say, and uh, not only we see that from Jesus, but it's really powerful too when we see mothers emulate Jesus and then pass that on to their kids as well. Um, Yeah, it makes a world of difference to the kid and the development of the kid as they go forward. And well, they're going to be stuck in situations where I think about this often as my own child grows and puts put in situations where now they have to test their integrity are they going to make the right decision i just pray that they do make <laughs> the right decision um but it really helps when they see someone they love and look up to make the right decision mm-hmm. um yeah
2: and what to do if they fail yeah as well. exactly
1: right yeah, yeah exactly right yeah not to shame them but create hey here's a space where you can come talk to me yeah mm-hmm. when they do yeah um, that's so important
2: I think it's hard as a parent to know exactly when, you know, you want to create that safe space, but you also want to discipline discerningly and teaching them the things that they that they need to learn. And so I think that's where a lot of the shame enters in is, um, you know, am I disciplining them right? Am I discerning this right? Um, I, I don't know. It's it's a tough thing, but it's something that we're all learning. And I think having Jesus as the foundation is the most important thing yeah. that we can do as parents. And um, I mean, obviously, father, I know we're talking about mothers today, but fathers are very important as well. And I also think just with some of these moms, a lot of them are going to be single Mm -hmm. um, up at Heritage House. Mm. And so we definitely, um, you know, feel for them in that regard, um, but still want to equip them and train them to, to be a good mom and be a good parent. And kind of fill that void where where a father might need to be present or a a male figure and find some healthy male figures that that can maybe be integrated into that child's life somehow so
1: um so let's talk about heritage house again for a second get some more um details just in stone so you're planning on opening up at the end of summer is that right
2: that's our goal okay yes we definitely are not in control of everything because of city approvals and we actually have an electrical inspection going on this week and so you know hopefully everything is up to code there Uh, everything has to be ada compliant and so that means uh, all of the concrete that was previously existing has to be torn out we have to have ramps uh, we have to have a certain amount of sidewalk space, certain amount of uh, handicapped parking spots, things like that. And so every detail matters. We've been, uh, you know, we've gotten uh, knocked on an eighth of an inch on a shower pan and that whole floor had to be cut out and dropped down oh, wow. and that costs like $2,000. So, you know, it's, it's little things like that where you're like, are we ever going to get through this? But so we're not in control of all of those details, but yeah, we are predicting that we're going to be open at the end of the summer based on the timeline that we've been given. Um, And so we actually just hired our office manager Uh, mm-hmm. last, she started last Monday. And so we actually have our first team i guess you could say there's just two of us right now but we we definitely have an army of volunteers which we're thankful for that for that army and so um but yeah so that's that's really where we're at we're just under construction growing our team internally um basically sourcing everything that we need for you know like our residential handbook resident living handbook and um, kind of what, what we have to do for the city, for residents to be able to live there, how many staff members have to be on site. Um, you know, we're not a mm-hmm. facility that gives 24-7 life care. So, like, you think hospice, you think, um, you know, special people with special needs and things like that, they need 24-7 care, and that's not uh, – thankfully, we're not under that those requirements. But we are under the same ADA stipulations that um, some of these – facilities are and that's as well. a lot. I'm it's sure. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, we're just, we're learning a lot. There's a lot of requirements that I had no clue about when we began this project, but again, the Lord knew and he's, he's provided us with people that know what they're doing and yeah. people that care about our mission. And so, I mean, we've had so many things above and beyond our expectations being met or donated or, I mean, like $19,000 worth of countertops were donated the other day. And then doors, I mean, just, I mean, yeah, things that we just had on the budget and then they just get taken off. And then we might go over budget in an area, but then, you know, it kind of offsets and say, so we're just trusting the Lord with all of that, all the finances and the details that are out of our control. But um, we've got eight bedrooms on site and we believe that we will need just one full-time live-in a staff member to be there. And so we believe seven of those bedrooms will be able to be occupied by residents and then one by a staff member.
1: Nice. Nice. And you're talking about things that people have brought and bring and how can people help?
2: Well, right now, uh, one of the biggest needs is just finances at the moment. And mm. then whenever we open, so our office manager is basically preparing our advocacy teams right now. So, um, for example, we'll have 93 meals that we'll need to provide each month. Um, Some of those we're happy to accept um, just donated meals. Um, Some of those we want the women to cook themselves. And so that may be having an advocate that comes in and teaches them. Some of them may be wonderful cooks that are some of our residents. They may be teaching (laughs) us some stuff. I don't know. But, um, you know, anyway, we've got 93 meals that have to be put on the table if you include breakfast in a 31-day, you know, month period. Um, Obviously that fluctuates. But, for the most part, um, that's what we're looking at and so that's just one need and um, we'll ne- diapers wipes will be never ending ne- needed okay. at heritage house and um, again we don't have residents at the moment so we don't need those at the moment but we do have a benevolence room now which we're so grateful for so Great. all of our donations have moved to Redbud Baptist as a church that okay. that offered that benevolence room to us and so we've got maternity clothes we've got Perfect. some a little stash of diapers and wipes and um formula and things like that. And we've been able to gift the ladies that we've been helping these last few months, some of those items. So that's been cool to have that on wow. hand so and just been ready to go. Give yep. that out.
1: So anyone with extra maternity clothes and yep. diapers, all that excess stuff. Yep.
2: You
1: can take it to the heritage house.
2: Yeah. Perfect. And it'll definitely be a need once we open for sure. And then <laughs> I think in our first probably six months, we're just going to open one house. This is kind of our tentative plan um, but we're going to open one of the houses, which will have three bedrooms plus a house mom. And so, um, we'll have three residents. Obviously if, if we're going on track, things are going smooth. Um, when we have this overwhelming need of residents, then we may go ahead and open that second house. Um, but yeah, so Perfect. we're kind of just planning in, in six month increments at the moment. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, smart.
1: That's smart. These yeah. stages, small baby steps. Yeah. Be good. That'll be real good. Well, man.
0: All right. Anything you wanted to add? I mean, I just think that's fantastic, and good luck with your electrical inspection. I know how that <laughs> is in Lubbock. Oh yeah. As an electrician, you know. Yes, as an electrician in Lubbock, I know how that Thank is. Thank you. We'd
2: appreciate <laughs> prayers for supernatural uh, approvals and everything to be right. I'm just yeah.
0: It's it's a shame about the eighth of an inch shower pan, but I mean, yeah. I I understand from construction. Why? Well, you know, we want to go ahead and do this. You know, give it approval and yeah. do it right. I guess so. I, those are frustrating little little bumps in the road, but they'll be behind you very yeah. soon.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think we'll be grateful that we did it did it the right way too, and know that you know if you know we do have somebody in a wheelchair, that it'll meet their needs. And so, um, and you know, you think preeclampsia, you think different things. I mean, there is there is that or C sections or whatever. We really may yeah. be having some you know a real need for uh, ADA stuff. So anyway, we're just, we're trying to do it right. We're trying to do it the way the city has asked us and we're just praying for favor and you know, all the things, all the eighths of an inch to be correctly <laughs> determined. So,
0: well, I, I know that's a bit of a setback, but, and minor frustrations, but those are the things that test patience and oh, you, yeah, <laughs> you have to just sort of whoo, take a deep breath and move on. I know I, yeah. last time you were here, we weren't in the habit of asking this question, but, uh, mm-hmm. in, the book of Matthew, we read in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus teaches us that if someone makes you go a mile with them, and at the time it was, it was customary for the Roman soldiers, they had the authority over the, uh, the captured Jewish people, that uh, a Roman soldier could conscript you for the distance of a mile to carry any burden for them. And you know, typically it would be their backpack or whatever. And Jesus is teaching, saying, if someone makes you go a mile, go with them, too. Wow. And that's the that's the the concept he's trying to teach his followers of that. Yeah, show an act of kindness, even if someone ens- enslaves you and makes you do it. And so it, it almost kind of makes people pause and look. And so that's the namesake of the podcast, The Extra Mile. Mm-hmm. So go with them, too. How would you counsel our listeners from your experience how how can mm-hmm. someone go the extra mile for someone else
2: I think personally this week I've been convicted by that very thing actually um you know we've been helping a lady and you know got her set up got got everything and I just had this feeling that I needed to reach out and you know I was busy or tired with my own kids and my own family and in our schedule and everything and then um yeah, I felt, I felt like I had done everything I I had committed to everything I said I would do for this woman. She was in a great situation where she should be thriving. And then I just had this feeling like I'm supposed to do more than what I just did. And, um, so I feel like if you have that feeling uh, and I, I can't give all the details of that situation publicly, but I'm definitely grateful that I followed up on that you know, whatever you want to call that intuition or godly intuition or whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, you have this feeling like maybe you need to check on a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you need to check on a family member. And even though, you know, you don't have to, you don't, you know, you you don't necessarily, you're not um, – you know, required by scriptural law to check on that person. (laughs) But if you have a feeling that you need to check on somebody or just do something kind for somebody that you think, you know, they seem like they're struggling or they seem, because we don't, we just don't share everything that we're actually struggling with a lot of the time, maybe with a couple intimate people, we might share that with. But um, anyway, I was glad I followed up on my intuition with her because she was going down a, a path that we had, thought we had set her up for success, you know? And so I think just going that extra mile, like you were saying, just like following up with somebody, and um, even if you're busy, even if you're like, man, I'm spent, I'm exhausted. And just pray for that supernatural strength or God to multiply your time or whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think He really will. And I think I, I don't know. I think those are the the moments I don't know. I'm I like moments of clarity. I like somebody to tell me what the problem is and I can help. But when I don't know and I don't fully understand, I second guess myself. And then I think, well, should I, should I do that? I think just err on the side of going and doing it anyway. And it'll be at the very least appreciated. I think if people are really going through stuff, especially if it involves like addiction or um, sins of the flesh or whatever it is, you know, a lot of the time we don't want to be called out. We don't want to be, you know, somebody prying into our personal lives, but do we need it? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so I think just follow that intuition. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's, you know, maybe your friend's struggling with depression. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, you know, something else, but I think just follow that intuition. We
0: definitely need that connection and community. Like we were talking about earlier. I've always loved the Ephesians Mm six look at the armor of God yes and how the shield of faith is one that really stands out and i there was a preacher one time who illustrated this from the pulpit and saying that it is a shield that you carry it's the armor that you put on and that's the instruction put on the armor of god and then the shield of faith is able to douse the fiery darts of the devil but then if you look at in the context of roman soldiers and what they called the testudo formation and that I have a shield and you're standing right next to me with your shield and George and everybody in our community is standing next to us with our shields. And then we are encompassed with faith mm-hmm. and we standing together, we can stand in the field alone and that God gives us that power. There is no temptation that he will not let us have a means of escape. Yeah. We're not going to be overrun by the devil against our will. However, it's much easier to stand shoulder to shoulder with other people helping us. And that was the whole purpose Absolutely. of the church is that we're we're here together and we are we are a community and when we're checking on each other, when we're there in each other's lives, when we're not forsaking our assembling with each other, we are stronger.
2: Yeah, it makes me think of Nehemiah after the ruins and it's like come, let's rebuild Jerusalem's wall. Um I, I just think let it says, let's rebuild yes. Jerusalem's wall. It doesn't mm-hmm. say, go rebuild it by yourself. It says, let's yeah. do it together. You go rebuild it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll stand yeah. here. He's such a good leader. And <laughs> yeah. not only that,
1: but he's praying as he's doing it, too. He's yeah. like, as he's looking at the walls, he's praying to himself. And as he talks yeah. to the king, he's all he's, yeah, he's praying. He's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, let's. It's a team. Phalanx of faith, like you were saying, Justin, that, you know, your history Terms anyway, <laughs> nerding. <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, I think you I brought
2: think, up Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did.
2: <laughs> Y'all are funny. I'm more of like a Harry Potter person. I'm sorry. Thank, okay. I, thank we can, you. We can thank you, do friend. that, Harry. thank you <laughs> Hi. <laughs> You're a wizard.
1: Harry. <laughs> oh man. Um, let we'll, me. uh We'll edit that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna have that. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's That's <fine>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind of a summing of everything we were talking about. You know, heritage house, what it means to the community passing on an heritage. Uh, let me end with uh, these verses here. This is from Psalm 78. This idea of passing down a legacy, as you were saying, is uh, God says, Give an ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers and mothers, our ancestors, have told us we will not hide them from their children. But tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony and a testimony and has appointed the law of Israel and the commandments of our fathers, that the next generation might know them. The children I love this, yet unborn and arise that tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and that they shall not be like their fathers right before which was a stubborn generation but have their hope in God and I I love that I love that idea um, that we're passing down this legacy as you're saying and you're passing down you know this legacy on these moms Who are new moms trying to understand, get their feet off the ground, and it's a wonderful work. If you would like to support her, please reach out and help um, as you can. And uh, if you like what you listen to, remember to like, share, subscribe. More importantly, go sell.